Dallas mirrors the final day. That <laughs> Troy Deeney with the goal that will live on forever for Watford fans and really for all English soccer fans, people who've watched soccer around the world have seen that goal. Probably you've probably seen it before us playing that audio. Book. I never pet like whenever this comes up on Twitter. First of all, I have goosebumps listening to that call and watching the video. Uh, whenever this comes up on social media, I always watch. Like it, it doesn't yes. matter when this comes across my timeline. I could be passed out, hammered, drunk three o'clock in the morning. And if I'm drunkenly scrolling through Twitter and I see this pop up, I'm going to watch the entire thing uh, because it's moments like these in which you realize like what a, what a special game. There's no other way. There's no other way that a game can transpire like that, where you have such a swing of emotion where from we're not going up. We've had the entire season culminating up to this point. Yes, we have a final in front of us, but we've done all we needed to do. We gave away a penalty. And by the way, I mean, this is the 98th minute of the game. Like oh, yeah, this, is, yeah, right. this is dead. I mean, like, it, it, the penalty happens in stoppage time. And that's what you heard the start of. And then just utter pandemonium as it swings the other way. And I mean, one of the greatest like counters, I yes. guess. I mean, it, it's really a counter off of, you know, clearly a set piece stoppage more or less. Right. I mean, a penalty kick still counts as a set piece to me, but yeah. And then you're going all the way the length of the field. Tremendous build. And of course, like if you're Lester, you're thinking there's no way they're going to, we just need to hold Blow and now, whistle ref. Yeah. You're thinking we're <laughs> yeah. going to get to stoppage time or, or to extra time. And then we got more soccer to play. Cause it's tied. So you thought you were going to win and you're like, ah, oh, well now we're going to just, you, you're like bummed. You have to go play more and go. You didn't get the goal. And then you're knocked out like in a, in a span of what? 20 seconds, yeah, 25 seconds. Oh, just utter heartbreak there, but that's why we love sports. I mean, the the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, it's all tremendous. So. Yeah, it was really neat. Uh, I guess you could say Lester having more success in the long run than Watford. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a that's different conversation okay. for a different day. Uh, but again, the first time that I, I saw this, I'm like, this is this is the greatest ending in all of sports. And of course, soccer uh, has given us some great endings and um, everything. You go back to Manchester City, even though it pains me to say that. I mean, Aguero's goal on the last day of the season for the premier league like that's unbelievable uh that moment that was delivered um we just had one a couple of weeks ago with real madrid taking out manchester city that was fantastic but uh to me this is my all-time favorite goal with everything on the line because again like going from the championship to the premier league is a hell of a big deal and for this to happen the emotions to swing one way all the way to the other was just it's it's pure pandemonium yeah it, it truly is uh by the way speaking of lester um, that reminds me, of course, of, you know, one of the most notable players of Leicester all time would be Jamie Vardy, right? Yeah, probably the most. I would say so. Um, did you see that the trial has begun with the wags, the Ooh. wives and girlfriends of one Jamie Vardy and Wayne Rooney? Uh, they they do have names. I think it's always bad when we refer to them as wives of other people. But Hold on. It's, I think it's Rebecca Vardy. It's Rebecca Vardy and, and Colleen, Colleen Rooney. Colleen, Colleen Rooney. Rooney. Yeah. So Colleen Rooney, if you did not know of this story, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's such like rich people drama problems. But, oh, it's so funny. So Colleen Rooney is basically, uh, she accuses Rebecca Vardy of leaking stories from her private Instagram that followed a sting operation, she termed it, that led to her being nicknamed Wagatha Christie after the British crime writer Agatha Christie. So mm -hmm. more or less, Colleen Rooney's Instagram photos were taken off of it and published or or things that she had said on there that were meant to be private mm -hmm. were put public. 
These were things that did not put her in the greatest of light. She claims Rebecca Var- yeah, Rebecca Vardy's the one who did this. So Rebecca By the way, the original tweet from Colleen Rooney is one of the great ups and downs of our time. What I don't remember that tweet specifically. I know that there was a lot of drama around it. But- so she said, This has been a burden in my life for a few years now, and I've finally gotten to the bottom of it. Oh for a few years now, someone who I trusted to follow me on my personal Instagram account has been consistently informing the Sun newspaper of my private posts and stories. There's been so much information given to them about me, my friends, my family, all without my permission or knowledge. After a long time of trying to figure out who it could be, for various reasons, I did have a suspicion. To try and prove this, I came up with an idea. I blocked everyone from viewing my Instagram stories except one account. Quote, those on my private account must have been wondering why I, hadn't, why I haven't had stories for them in a while. Over the past five months. Oh, wow. That's, I, so that's the sting operation part that's of her, this. This is yeah. her sting operation. Yeah. Over the past five months, I have posted a series of false stories to see if they made their way into the Sun newspaper. And you know what? They did. The story about gender selection in Mexico, the story about returning to TV, and then the latest story about the basement flooding in my new house. It's been tough keeping this to myself and not making any comment at all, especially when the stories have been leaked. However, I had to. Now I know for certain which account individual it's coming from. I have saved and screenshotted all the original stories, which clearly show just one person has viewed them. It's ellipses dot, dot, dot. Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's such great build, drama. I remember when that came out. I'm oh, like, yeah. this is the best. Yeah. This is just fantastic. So that, so that led to uh, Rebecca Vardy, of course, saying, how dare you yeah, accuse of me of being the leaker? I too am a. I am no leaker. I'm a famous, Wag. wealthy, you yeah. know, wife and girlfriend of soccer player. I too I would. Like want... That's a derogatory term. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. That's just what it's always been called. But you're yeah. right. It's not. She's married, and she understands. She's a celebrity in her own right. Correct. Yeah, like she's for sure. So she should know as well. This is damaging. You don't want that stuff out there. So she says, "How dare you, Colleen Rooney? Think I'm the one who did this?" Your account probably just got hacked, and I'm just now I'm just like I'm giving my own version of. She probably went on and said, "You you stupid lady who I don't like, mm-hmm. whatever." Like she's just mad anyway. So then she now is suing Colleen Rooney. Rebecca Vardy is Jeez. saying that this was libel to say that Rebecca Vardy was the one putting all this out there. Libel, not slander, because it's in print. Uh, yes, apparently. So they are now in court over this. At the the High Court of London is what it's Great. called. Uh, they sat 10 feet apart in the front row of the High Court in London this week as Rebecca's lawyer stated that she is suing her rival to, quote, establish her innocence I and love that they call them rivals too. her it's reputation. Tremendous. So I will just tell you, I'm not going to go through and, and read all these tweets for you, but if you want to go follow uh, Jim Watterson with one T in the middle of Watterson, not two, at Jim Watterson on Twitter, he is uh, covering this trial. And Great. so... That's a nice little thread. He started the thread on May 10th. You can follow this along and see some of the different back and forth, but it really just feels, I, I mean, I know they don't have this accent, but did you ever see the Californians sketch on SNL? It's, it's like Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig. It's oh, that yeah, yeah, SNL. Yeah, 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 They'd yeah. be like, what are you doing here? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I took to 405 and got on the 10. And that, so like, I just enjoy reading this with the Californians. Mm-hmm. Because it's all like rich people problems, and I find it to be all just dramatic and overwrought. Anyway, go check that out if you want to continue with the drama, because there is plenty of that between 
two very famous women in a soccer country that that's all they want to pay attention to. I can't imagine this trial is not like the trial of century over there. So we have uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp here. Yeah, they've right. got Rebecca Vardy and yeah, Colleen. Ray. Right, they do, and that yeah, very different stakes too. But uh, yeah, that that's getting all the attention over there for sure. Um, all right, so let's dive into some actual on the field stuff that happened this week. And I'd some, rather say off the field. Well. <laughs> You don't want to talk about uh, Manchester United? How they looking, by the way? Mm, How'd it go this weekend? Was good. that they're fine? How was, how was the game? Good. I, I didn't get a watch. You want to fill me in on what the score was? Kentucky of... Derby was fantastic. Oh, the Derby they played. Mm. Yeah, they played in the Derby. <laughs> Manchester United running for the the, the Belmont Stakes mm-hmm. next. Okay. Something. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United lost. In case you're not picking up on that. Yeah. Not good. Um, but we can skip that. We can talk about some other bad news though that actually pertains to the U.S. Men's National Team. Miles Robinson, yeah. who has been one of the key figures for this team, figures in on the back four, center back pairings, going to be all thrown into uh, quite a disarray here. He is going to miss the World Cup. He uh, unfortunately had a ruptured Achilles tendon uh, in the game against – or it's he plays for Atlanta United. I'm trying to remember who they were playing this weekend, but it was at home, and it was on their crappy turf field that they have inside that giant football stadium. So – you know, you could see it if you saw the uh, where he's laying on the ground and he's like pointing at his foot and he's smacking the ground. And like, I I imagine if I ever had something like that happen, I would be in so much pain yeah. that all I'd be able to do is just like cry mm-hmm. and suck my thumb. And I'm always impressed. No, I don't know if impressed the rubber. I'm just amazed at athletes that they they are like they've torn their ACL or they've blown out their Achilles or some horrible injury like that's happened. And they're more like, damn it. This sucks because I know like they already have processed beyond. Yeah, this hurts and I'm out of this game. Oh, like that's not why they're mad. Well, there's a whole nother. They're mental... mad because yeah. they know the rehab's coming. All these things they're going to miss. I bet in that moment, Miles Robinson probably realized I can't play in the World Cup. I mean, it's six months away. There's, Or even if that wasn't on his you know, front burner at the time, like what is this going to do to me? Yeah, I'm going to miss the the rest of the season probably for MLS. And then you start thinking and going down the rabbit hole of, well, I'm going to miss out on the cup. And, you know, I went through this cup cycle and was the premier center back. Like I was going to be featured heavily in this team and feel like we have a really good chance. And how often do you get to participate in the World Cup? We missed it last cycle. And then you go down that, you know, that entire rabbit hole, what you mentioned uh, of just the, your mental thoughts about it, let alone the injury uh, in which I'm sure is physically hurting you a whole lot. Um, but I go back to this. Harken back to, you know, Kobe, the late Kobe Bryant. Right. Right. I mean, tore his Achilles, um, obviously was, <laughs> couldn't walk. Yeah. Went back to the free throw line, shot his two free throws, like with a ruptured Achilles. How are you not writhing in pain down on the ground, needing to get stretched out of there? I mean, literally walked it off and shot his free throws. So it's just, it's it has to be, right? it has to be a horrible feeling knowing that something that you've worked so hard towards and something that you can't do anything about, it's out of your control. It's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's really frustrating. And, and I can't imagine what's going through his head. Uh, this was a four, one victory, by the way, for Atlanta over Chicago, in case you care about the result of the play um, or of the rest of that game, I should say after the surgery, Robinson has already had surgery. He tweeted out, I can't find the words to describe all the emotions I'm feeling today, but I do know I'm so grateful to have such loving family, friends, and fans that have been so supportive over the last few days. Day one of the comeback starts today. I'll be back. Believe that. And yeah, I hope for the best for him. 
it's it's of course this is just how my brain works. I have to do this. He'll be 29 the next time there's a World Cup, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's kind of putting him still well within the range of being no able to get out there. And that would be, I mean, that'll be the one here. So there will be certainly plenty of motivation to continue to stay at that high level. And he certainly has the ability to to possibly do that. But you don't, we don't know who's going to be coaching the U.S. men's national team at that point. Could be Burhalter, could be someone else. I mean, it, it, it we don't know what this World Cup's going to do. We don't know what the of next course. cycle's going to look like. We don't have any idea. So I, I know that in, in, I would guess that has to be something that weighs on your head is that oh, no I'm going to do my best to get back. Will everyone realize that I've done that and I'm good? Can or am, I, am I, am I good enough? Is there a younger player that's better than me? Like yeah, that's also something take that my you, spot. you fight as professional athletes. Sure. Like someone is always coming after your job. Absolutely. And and you would hope by that time. I mean, the amount of talent the U S keeps trying to build through the youth national system. Always which heard finally, the 2026 bone. Oh, I that's mean, the it's year we're gunning. It's for. a loaded up team that right now, hopefully, and then you go four more years of seasoning. You think that's going to be a pretty stacked team. We hope. Uh, by the way, speaking of Greg Berhalter, him too. Uh, Greg Berhalter said, "We're devastated for Miles. Yeah. He established himself as a top performer throughout last year in World Cup qualifying. We'll be thinking of him and wishing him a successful recovery process." But there, I mean, he's he's not going to make the World Cup, and that's just that's too bad. So not to start the show off with a kind of depressing thing, but it is something that I think is. Noteworthy. This this is going to throw into question the you know what the center back pairings look like for the U.S. men's sure. national team. So now those games that are coming up in June, vital. Yeah, I mean you. I was, was going to say if there's any kind of golden nugget in here though for them, at least they have a longer runway. If it was a normal cup year, like you're starting the World Cup oh, here. Oh yeah, 20 right. Days. You, you're exactly right. That is a great. So point it's a by de- you. it's a decently longer stretch where you know Greg Berhalter the coaches for the national team players can identify the spot and again I mean it's totally unfortunate situation for Miles Robinson but again you have a little bit longer of a lead up now where you can identify talent and say okay we're going to work together with these pairings because we know unfortunately that he's out I hope that he gets to go on the trip too yeah uh, over to Cutter I hope that they they bring him over uh who was it a few years ago in the world cup, right? I think Germany left Marco Royce off the team because he got injured, had the same thing right. uh, happen to him. I think he tore his Achilles. It was either that or the euros like right before on the doorstep of the tournament. Uh, and they brought him over. Wasn't a part of the active, you know, included in the 23 man roster, but still ha- was on the team. Um, and so I, I hope that they do something right by miles at, at this point when we get to the cup. Yeah. So there's a couple different options here. Aaron Long is someone that has played with Walker Zimmerman. They've got a little bit of a history playing on the national team together. That's Aaron Long could be the, I don't want to, I'm not trying to disparage him. Aaron Long seems like the safer choice, but maybe not the best choice. If that makes sense. Like, I think there are guys with a little bit higher ceiling that you could go for, but um, there's also, there's been, I guess, a hinting too that, um, you could go like Cameron Carter Vickers. Mm-hmm. You could go a few different ways there, but ultimately I don't, I don't know whatever happened to John Brooks, but like he fell off a cliff, that guy. And that's what makes, that's why this miles Robinson thing. That's why I brought up like he's 29 and you don't know how things are going to go. John Brooks is 29 right now. John. Yes. John Brooks was the guy we all just assumed. The last time like, we saw him in the world cup, he was scoring game winning goals. Yeah, right. John Brooks was like, doing pretty well, but he has fallen completely out of favor. He has had no real success at his club team and just, just kind I mean, of a couple of months ago, shockingly kind of out of it. John Brooks is leaving Wolfsburg. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I, yeah. We, I don't even know. John He's Brooks doesn't even have a team right now. 
Yeah, he's had a he's had a bad stretch here. I mean, you you could have guys like Tim Ream possibly get a look. Mark McKenzie's been in the mix. Could be a Chris Richards. Like, there's just the the biggest takeaway here is it's uncertainty. So Burhalter, I'm sure, has his plan, knows what he's gonna do, but now he has to call these guys in and figure out what it's gonna be. And June is pivotal for getting I mean, you I, I say you pair and I I'm sure Walker Zimmerman is not like thrilled that he has to do this. Sure. But you've got it all. I think they've got what four games because they've got the two like friendlies and then the two yeah it sounds right whatever Concacaf bullcrap tournament they came up with Nations like, League yeah they've got those matches so you got like four matches I believe in June Walker Zimmerman and your top choice should play that pairing should play in at least two of those and then your second idea should play the other two with but Zimmerman should play all four correct and he should. Sorry. And then afterwards, sorry, Walker. And then afterwards, yeah. I want a detailed report from him on how he felt about no it. Doubt. I want a detailed report. I want to hear from Tyler Adams, Weston, like if Weston McKinney can play, like I want to hear from anybody who's going to be in that like next wave in the midfield to say, this is who I thought was best at positioning, who gave us the best opportunities, got the ball out. I felt more comfortable with him. I knew where he was. That's I need all that. And that's what uh, Greg Berhalter is going to have to figure out. But yeah, it's, that's a tough situation for sure. Sucks for the U.S. Men's National Team. Take a break. We come back. An anniversary of a really, really dumb decision. That's next. Listening to Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaptic Italian Village. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So uh, we kind of skipped over a few important things that have happened in the world of soccer yep. before we get into the terrible decision anniversary. Let's talk about those. Well, we um, just got to talking. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Cause you know, I mean, look when Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney are going to be trying it out of the in, century. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to talk about that. Mm -hmm. We've got to talk about important sports anniversaries. We've got to do that. And we got to talk about us men's national team stuff. But I hear this dude, Erling Holland, mm. kind of a good player. Yep. Been a question mark for about 18 months where he's going to play after Dortmund. Now we know. I don't know why I did the Paul Harvey. Now, you know, <laughs> but Erling Holland is going to Manchester and that's all you need to. Re oh, no, it's not Manchester United. It's Manchester City. Mm -hmm. Are you shocked in any way, shape or form that he ended up at the other Manchester club? No, absolutely not. I, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, doesn't that. Doesn't that speak to the problems with your team? Not to constantly bring it back to Manchester United, but well, so isn't that like kind of indicative of what's kind of wrong there? Is that you knew for a fact this was never going to be Manchester United? It was all if you heard Manchester, it was going to be followed by City. Eighteen months ago, or two years ago, whenever this happened, when he left Salzburg, yeah, they had the opportunity to sign him, and they said no. Nah. United did on this front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the opportunity to sign him, and apparently something fell through, and there he goes off to Dortmund. And at that time, they were like, well, we're not sh sure of the production of this kid and if he's going to be worth the transfer value. Like, okay, I understand that. That's not stopped you from spending stupid money on stupid players in the past. Like, all this kid with all the talent in the world who's scoring goals at an unbelievable rate, you're like, eh, not sure if he fits our system. Okay. Yeah, but it wasn't at just a nothing club. It was at Salzburg. Correct. Like it's, it's not like they're terrible. They're just not maybe playing at the same level you are, but what? I think that's, yes, you're right. To your point, it was not like he came out of third division Dutch soccer and they were like, well, well this, this is kid a huge scored risk. 600 goals. Yeah, you know? it was not that. I mean, he was playing at a decently high European level anyway. And so if you, 
it's just so stupid by the way that uh, you're reading all these reports like I, and nobody was surprised when it was announced that he was going to Manchester City because we've known that for months that he has been leaked to go there like this was a thing back in January that oh he's going to go to Manchester City other teams are in the battle for it other team are in the fray to tell you how stupid Manchester United are they said that Manchester United believed at this point in time they were so close to sealing a transfer for him that they began looking at travel options to bring him to the city. In what delusional world are you living in that you miss out on a kid 18 months ago? He looks at you. Dad played for Manchester City. Right. You spurned him, said, no, no, we're going to take some time. Now you're one of the best players in the world, maybe the best striker on planet Earth, and you want to say... Sorry, we missed out on you last time. We know that you're good now. You're a proven commodity. We're going to buy your release release clause with Dortmund. Everything is all good with the way that this team is in shambles. If I'm Erling Holland, I'm giving two middle fingers to United saying, eh, I think I'm going to go play for City. Yeah. Can we circle back to our egregious mistake? And And I know that it seems like we're burying Manchester United's scouting department a little bit unfairly here, but I don't think we are. Because they stink. Well, that's the reality. It's been the problem. This That's been one of their main problems going back for years with this team. Yeah, you can talk about Sir Alex, and they've never had a coach of his stature since then. Fine. And and I know Mourinho's, like, screaming already. Like, how dare you say that? But I won three trophies with Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the best, it's the best coaching job great. I've ever done. Yeah. And to his point, I guess that's so. It. <laughs> because he didn't, I mean, again, Manchester United has better talent than 95% of the teams out there. They don't care about beating 95% of the teams out there. They care about beating those other 5% and they get run by those 5%. And now they're getting run by like the top 10% if we're honest, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like they count themselves as a 95% type club. They're up there with anybody and they, they have not been able to keep up in the scouting department. And this is why, because sure Manchester city does go out and bring in dudes that you, everyone in the world knows they're the best players out there, but they also do have young players that show up and are good real instantly or real quick. Look like, at Phil Foden. I was just going to say, how old is yeah. Phil Foden, right? 21, like, 22, don't, I don't right, know. You don't do, he didn't have the big backlog of, oh, yes, look how great he is. They had to take a chance on him. You should be able to afford to take chances on kids like Erling Holland two years ago, 18 months ago, whenever that was as opposed to when you did take a chance or when you tried now to get him, that's, that's where they've screwed this up. And I'm, and I know they've taken chances on young guys and messed it up completely. So has everybody. Right. But you've got to be able to, that, that is the difference, right? Every guy who plays quarterback in the NFL can make most, if not all the throws necessary in the NFL. Can they do it in the fourth quarter when it's raining in Buffalo and it's 34 degrees and your fingers feel like they're about to fall off that's right. And it's like, well, there's only a few guys that can do that. Yeah. That, that's how you go from being like a regular old dude to being Josh Allen yeah. or Pat Mahomes. Like that's how you go. For, and I'm sorry for neighbor, Eric, you will get none of these references, but that's how you go from being mm -hmm. like one of the also ran people or clubs or whatever in whatever you do to being one of the best Manchester United does not pay people that run their club to be just run of the mill or pretty good to be Europa level. They pay you to be Champions League finals caliber, and you're not doing it. And you're not doing it because you're missing on guys like Erling Holland. Yeah, it's a pretty wild scene. So anyways, I mean, I feel like we could talk in the coming months what he does yeah, to that team. I'm, the, the, you, I mean, come on. 
if you are not a Manchester City fan, it, it, you do not want to go look at their like they're they're bone, they're, they're stacked, eighteen. They're they're stacked at, at every position. Every it's position. ridiculous. Every position is an <laughs> argument of well, you should play this guy, but they've also got that guy. Like every one of them is insane. Other than so, Kevin De Bruyne. Well, okay. he's number one. Scored a hat trick yesterday. All three with hey. his left foot. Then did the Holland celebration. Like, yeah. good for you. You can yeah, do that. That's that's. By fun. the way, a tip of the cap to Dortmund and the way that they do business. That so, team is one of. The, I mean, they're one of the best run clubs in all of world soccer. Yeah, because 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 they do this. They constantly pull the Jadon Sancho's, the Christian Pulisic's, the Erling Hollands. Like, they get them. They get it right ninety percent of the time. They make really good runs in Champions League with mm-hmm. those players, and then the second those players, it's like, all right, who are we identifying now? Yeah, they've they've already found the next five of those guys, and they're they may not have signed them yet, but they know who they are. By the way, they've if you don't know the, the name Jude Bellingham, like get on board because yeah. that guy's going to be something <laughs> special too. Uh, so just a quick little run before we get on to the next thing. Yeah, uh, Usman Dembele, Dortmund bought him for fifteen million euros, sold yeah. to Barcelona for one hundred and five. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Bought him for thirteen million, sold to Arsenal for sixty three. Yep. Christian Pulisic signed him for two hundred fifty thousand, sold to Chelsea for sixty four million. Jadon Sancho eight million, sold to United for eighty five. Now Erling Holland twenty million, sold to City for sixty million, which seems like a heist. Uh, they paid for all those players that I just mentioned fifty six million euros. They sold them for three seventy seven with a whopping profit off of those five guys alone of three hundred twenty one million euros. They they got all that talent. Which, I mean, I know we can talk a little bit about how Pulisic maybe isn't living up to total expectations or what have you. Yeah. But Guess who doesn't you, care about that? Dortmund. Because no, they no, have no. $64 million in their pocket. But you could take those five guys and drop them on any club in Europe, and that club probably gets to be like a top three team in their league. Yep. With just those five guys, if you drop them all and their primes on that team, right? Yep. They had all five of those guys come through their doors and they saw, and they bought all of them, had all their contracts in house for less than what they made on Christian Pulisic's deal. Yeah, like that. I'm saying they had all that talent stitched up and ready to go with one transfer. They paid for all of it, and now the rest is just plug it back in, make it great. Oh, and by the way, they keep their beer prices low, and the fans yeah. are like one of the best fan bases and largest fan bases in all of European soccer. Borussia Dortmund is. If you like, I will say this, if you're getting into soccer and you want to know more about, like, where do I start in Germany? I know Bayern Munich. Them. Them. Go, and especially if you're a crew fan, your black and gold stuff transfers very easily because it's all black and gold mm-hmm. over there, too. But I'm saying, like, Dortmund is the club to watch. If you are used to watching college football, college basketball, it's they're not college, obviously. You're watching the next great players in the World Cup, in Champions League. All come from that. They all, they that is them and Ajax are, you watch those two, yep. you will know 90% of the stars that'll be at the 2026 World Cup that will be like top of the board, mm-hmm. best defender, best scorer. Go watch them the next four years. You'll know where all those guys came. You'll see them. Those two teams, <laughs> so will, I get, they will get 90% of those guys. And it's, it's just, a, it's, it's, if you like watching the future early, that's where you go watch Ajax and Dortmund. Those are that's why you watch those teams. All right. Uh, the other thing that was kind of big before we get to the logo stuff is you had uh, EA Sports. Mm-hmm. It's in the game. FIFA not in the game. Gone. FIFA said we want double what we get for the rights to the name FIFA. Yeah, shocking. Everybody's very greedy. 
And EA Sports said, uh, to hell with that. We're just going to call it, what is it? EAFC. EAFC or EA Sports FC, whatever it is. Saw the crew tweet out, we're in the club. And apparently they sent messages uh, to everybody, like all of the clubs that they have the rights to. It was like something like 7,500 players. Uh, It's hundreds of clubs. It's over 300 clubs, yeah. That they have trademarks for and everything. Uh, So Yanni Infantino and FIFA saying, you know, they promised us stuff in development that they were going to give us better games and we're going to have a bunch of lead out and they didn't do anything. And so we want double the income, which, by the way, is one hundred fifty million dollars annually that EA Sports gives FIFA just for the rights to call it FIFA. Yeah. And now you're going to have EA Sports FC again or whatever it's called. It's going to be the same game. Nothing is going to change. They're going to take the World Cup out of it because, yeah, you can't play with. I, well, I don't even know if you can't play with national teams, but you can't play in the world. You can't have a World Cup tournament like in the game. But right. other than that, well, I, I don't think so, because all of those teams, I mean, I would think all of, all of te- CONCACAF and UEFA, they all flow under FIFA. So I would guess they all are out. Yeah, but I don't know about the like Champions League, because that was a big part of the I'm, game like that's in it. I, I, so I don't know how all the all of that works entirely. Yeah. Whatever, it doesn't matter. And then Yanni Infantino also saying that, oh, we're going to come out. We're going to make a better game. Like, good luck with that. Go ahead. PS, like, tried. Yeah. They have put millions and millions of dollars into that game, and it sucks. It's not. And you know what it is? FIFA, the the game FIFA has a, they have brand recognition. That is the one thing you're losing here is when you go to the store and you say, oh, they don't sell FIFA anymore. That there will be people who will just like I don't know what this new thing. What is this f? What is this FC thing? Is that where's where's FIFA? Why do they make FIFA anymore? Mm-hmm. But people will, who care will catch on pretty quick. When you play that game, what you will find is Erling Holland is in that game and he plays for Manchester City. Correct. Do you? That's that is what ninety nine percent of people are going to care about, mm-hmm. and of course how the game plays itself. But like if you went in there and it was like Burling Jollin plays for <laughs> Sam Chester Flitty, you'd be like. This sucks. This is not good. <laughs> Sam Chester Flitty. Big Sam Chester Let's Flitty guy. Let's make yeah. Burling Let's, crawling with Sam Chester Flitty. Let's make that a t-shirt. Sam Chester Flitty. Here at We're Cold Mafford <laughs> against Branchester Punited. Well, that doesn't even make any sense. No, they are Punited. Manchester <laughs> Punited. They They're Punited, all right. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, I just think it shows you how greedy, like greedy sons of bitches is FIFA. Like, right? Like, is 150 million dollars not enough for you per year that you're making? And I, I understand FIFA's like it's worth more than that. Probably is, but now you've just number one, like you've given every because I didn't at first. I saw that I was like, what the hell is this F? We're FC thing. What does that even mean? Right. And then I and then I read an article. It was like. Yeah, FIFA and EA Sports parting ways, and they're calling it this. You helped me, FIFA, by making that a news story. You helped me figure out that, oh, that's what they're now calling FIFA. Yeah. Like, that's what the people will still refer to that game, by the way, as FIFA. So, oh, a thousand like, percent. It would be like, hey, did you get the new FIFA game or uh, the FC game? Like, everyone's going to do that, but we all know what it is. It's FIFA, right? It's just mm-hmm. like we said with the crew. When you call them Crew SC, call them Columbus SC, which they want to do for a hot second because idiots run that team sometimes. That is is something we all said, you're going to call them the crew. Everyone's going to call them the crew. Correct. There's no reason to make everybody go, oh, it's technically crew SC. Like, shut up. It's the crew. It's still going to be called FIFA, but FIFA is now not going to get any money from that, and they're not going to benefit from that. But that game will still get the FIFA branding 
on it because yeah. it's been FIFA and everyone knows what that is. So good luck with all that, Yanni Infantino. Make your stupid... I watch them come out with like a Lego video game, like the Lego version of games. Whatever it is. Star, Lego Star Wars and all that, which is fine. Those are nice games, but yeah, you're, you're not going to make anything that compares to the game you were just on. Whatever it is, in the words of Norm MacDonald, rest in peace, mm. it will suck. <laughs> like, it is going to be bad. Go to another <laughs> game developer, try to make everything that you can, but making sports games is not easy, and especially making sports games under a FIFA tag in which EA Sports owns the licenses for all of those teams in your category, like best of luck with that tip of the cap. Have fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know it's, it's going to be, it's not going to be the same. Um, should we dive into this crew stuff? Cause it was Beamer just one year ago this past week that the Columbus crew decided let's call ourselves Columbus SC mm-hmm. and let's put out a logo that I looks, forgot. you know what looks like a stupid bat, like a, a, a carabiner with the stupid C logo or a coat hook. It's just, yes. Can you, did you forget that they were wanting to be called Columbus? SC? I did. Yeah. I did. I, cause we've talked about the logo so much. I, I honestly forgot that we were dropping the crew. name. Yeah. Right. That's how, that's how dumb all that was. So that was a year ago. Um, I will, uh, if I think I've laid this out before, but I will lay it out again that, uh, when that was all going down for those who don't know the timeline on that was, Early or you know early 2021, when crew supporters were approached and told of this plan, few people from the Nordeca were mm-hmm. told about. It. I think most people are aware of all that now. Non-disclosures had to be signed. Sure. Those all uh, you know as they of, usually are. But reporting gets out there, people find out about it. But uh, that was when crew supporters looked at all this and said, "That's a terrible idea. Do not do this. That's a terrible idea." Mm-hmm. They were ignored by. I'm going here. Let me just be very clear on how I feel about all this. Berea and Cleveland Browns sports ownership management, all those people in Berea who also dip their toe into the crew stuff. And that includes, of course, the Haslam's and JW Johnson and all that. That group is where all the bad ideas come from. 99% of the time, if you hate something that's going on with the crew, 99% of the time it's coming from them. The money, a lot of it is coming from there, but the bad ideas also come from there. Mm Mm-hmm. The stuff that usually is good that crew fans tend to like tends to come from Columbus, tends to come from the local ownership here and from the people who work down here and who actually are a part of this community. It's funny when you engage in the team and engage in the city that you're in and are actual local, you kind of get the the pulse and the heartbeat of the city, right? Well, and by the way, I don't expect the Haslam's to move here. I don't expect the Haslam's to, I mean, they're, they own the Browns, right? They move to Cleveland. They obviously still moonlight in Tennessee. They fly back every so often to go back to Tennessee, but you know, they've got a place in Cleveland. They live up there. They own the Browns. That is, I get that's the bigger deal for them. They paid more money for that. All understood. That's why you should let the people here who, like Tim Bezbachenko, who has been in MLS for a very long time, mm-hmm. you should let him make some more of those decisions. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he makes all these decisions, right? By all accounts, Tim was a part of, you know, Bezbachenko was a part of all that when they went through some of this stuff with the crew logo and Fans even said to them, like, hey, I don't like some of these directions you're going in. He was the one who supposedly said, or not supposedly, allegedly said, well, if we lose this many, but we gain this many, yeah, you know, is it a loss in the end? Here's what I know. It's a good lesson for everyone to realize you should never be so far into something that you can't admit your mistake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they they, they should have been able to say, wow, we really stepped in it. This did go as badly as we, th- we, we did. We were told it would go badly. We did not think that was, we thought that was 
uh, overblown and uh, people being scared. We didn't trust what we were hearing from our diehard fans. But also, too, we were wrong on that. The thing that I don't understand is you go through and you workshop everything. And fans are telling you in these meetings and all these idea boards that you're having, like, don't do this. This is a bad idea. Don't change the name of the team. Like the logo is fine. You want to put your spin on it. Okay. We can work with you, but don't do that. Instead. They're like, ah, who cares? Why would we listen to you? Like that to me is the astonishing level of everything on, on like when you look at things at a meta and micro level bone, like I just don't, I don't understand how you're getting all this feedback saying, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And at the end of the day, you're like, ah, screw it. Like we're going to go ahead and do this. Yeah, it's going to be received well by not the diehard fans, but you know, the people who are in the middle and who are casual crew fans, like this is going to make them a diehard dropping the crew name and calling them Columbus SC. In what world does that make sense? Well, and I just, why, why even bother with the scientific approach on like, we're going to ask people Correct. and get data and see what people think. And then when all that data comes back and is like, abort, don't do it. Bad idea. You're like, well, that is over. Well, we spent this money and yeah. we're already, we, we already, already carved some tables and got some metal things made that we're going to hang up on the new stadium. Right. That's on you for not like you just were hoping the fans would all high five you and you went on with go ahead and making your plans. You didn't actually want the feedback. You wanted someone that you could point to and be like, oh, they said it was okay. They mm-hmm. liked it. And so I, you know, I always wonder, I will always wonder this about that decision. I don't know anything about it from this standpoint, but I'm just pondering. I wonder if they thought, like, let's throw Columbus SC out there. Let's throw this logo out there. Let's throw all of it out there and really make this huge change. But the thing they really wanted to change at all times was the logo because it was a, you know, pre-court thing. And the Haslam's can't get it out of their brain that everything pre-court did was bad. Anthony pre-court is terrible, and we all hate his guts, and he did a lot of bad here. Not everything that happened while he ran the team was bad. Mm-hmm. Greg Berhalter was hired while he was the coach yeah. or while he was the owner, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like Josh Wolf, who's now running Austin FC and doing a great job, was hired while pre-court was here. Like good people were hired or worked here previously and stayed and worked for that team. There are still people that work for pre-court that work for the crew now. So it can't be that everything that came from pre-court just has to be jettisoned, but they got it in their head with this logo. It had to go. And so I think they just said, let's change the name, the logo, everything. And if they really freak out about the logo, we'll give them back the crew. Yeah. I think that's why they took the crew away initially was as a give back. And certainly we're all going to take, yes, keep the crew name. But I I just, uh, that logo is one of the worst logos in all the sports. And if you're wondering how do they all feel about it up there after a year on. Oh, they feel great. They fixed it. In the words of J.W. Johnson. J.W. Dipshit got on Twitter and said the the fail son of son-in-law I should say of the Haslam family must be nice yeah must be yeah right must be to not have to actually do the work but then to benefit from the billionaires who you married into anyway the fans that come after him like he posted a video of the crew like uh, the he it's a nice video the crew made about their win over DC yeah you know why because their audio video team and their social media team kicks they're ass. sick they're great and and that's awesome and that should be highlighted and you know where they live here yeah mostly right as far as i know right you you hire people here that and and by the way the browns have good people that do that too it's nothing sure. against people who live in cleveland it's just you're not here yeah like i wouldn't expect people from here to do a great job marketing the browns to cleveland fans right i mean like to diehard cleveland browns mm-hmm. fans they could market it better to columbus fans because you live here and you just get the nuances 
anyway, the video goes out. J.W. Johnson, you know, says, ah, this is a great victory, great victory, something like that. And an instant reply he gets is fix the logo. And then he says, already did. And then someone else says, uh, you know, something back to him. And he said, our logo is glorious. Thanks for sharing it. It's just, I don't know why. He's being a troll. You, you're, you're. You're set to inherit billions of dollars in two sports teams. Your life is great. You don't have to work a day in your life. I know these guys, all these billionaire types, like, hey, I work really hard. And it's like, yeah, I bet you do by choice. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do a damn thing if you don't want to. I wouldn't. That's no, for sure. right. But you choose to. Good for you. But these fans are pouring in a lot more money to this than you ever will as far as the ability to, from a net worth standpoint, Fans are buying tickets. We don't get to then sell the tickets as assets later and right. make more billions of dollars. Like your family will down the road if they ever sell it, mm-hmm. right? This is an asset your family bought. People buy tickets and jerseys and all that stuff because this is a passion for us. It's yeah. a very different thing. It's an outlet. Yeah. So maybe, JW, if you don't have anything good to say, just don't talk to the fans. You know what? Just sit in the ivory tower. Because if you haven't learned, Anytime the like kids of the rich dudes who buy these teams start opening their yaps, doesn't go well. Phil Castellini, like, just don't, don't get do me it. started on that. Don't Phil Castellini had to think, ah, JW, that's a bad look. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> that's not good. Like, what are you doing, man? And JW looked at Phil Castellini and said, "Awesome comments. <laughs> good no, job." Phil, Phil Castellini looked at that logo and was like, "That's great. Where are you gonna go?" <laughs> like, just oh, all bad decisions there. Um, all right, last thing, and then we'll get out of here. I have to talk about my guys. The Black Cats, it's an annual tradition we do every year, Beam. It's a lot of fun. Uh, every year, Sunderland gets into the promotion final, the final playoff game to go up from the third division to the second division. Yep. And they then, can't ever quite get the automatic qualifier. And, no, and then, no, they can't do that. But they do win their playoff game to get to the third and final spot mm-hmm. to go up, and then they lose spectacularly. So I am already preparing my body. For the loss that is surely this year's coming. third promotion from League One, Wickham. Uh, yeah, exactly right. So uh, talk about the guy that I had not been paying any attention to this guy. I was not aware of him, and I'm sad that I had not because I usually like to check in on the fat athletes, mm-hmm. hashtag fat athletes. And this guy, I mean, he's not fat. He's very strong and muscular, but who's the guy that Wickham has that's like 250 pounds playing striker. Yeah. His name is Adebayo Akafenwa, and he has been playing professional soccer since 2001. Okay. The my man, Lord, the man is 40 years old. He's oh built like God. a brick shit house. He's Incredible. out there. He has played. I don't know how many games he's played for Wickham this year. It is his last game. He has announced that he is retiring at the end of the year. It is his last game that he is ever playing in professionally. And it's pretty unbelievable that you want Sunderland to win this this game against my thick hero, Akafenwa. Hmm. I mean, as a five-year-old, he said, I watched John Barnes on TV and I wanted to be a professional footballer. He achieved his goal on a Wednesday evening in October of 2003 when he made a goal-scoring debut for Boston United in a football league trophy game against Swindon Town. He said, if it's 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes, two minutes to be able to get on the hallowed turf of Wembley for my last kick in a professional game. It's a beautiful ending to my story. As long as we get the win, Sunderland's going to be back here next year. Anyways, why are you cheering against national icon at and Fenwell? I don't get it for you. I think it's just, it's a bad look. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I have to cheer for my team, man. I, as much as I approve of 
any fat athlete getting after it and doing their thing. I approve also of the 40-year-old athlete club. That's becoming like a bigger and bigger thing. He checks both boxes. Checks both boxes. You're exactly right. And I and I am I am someone who will be 40 this year, so it should be very meaningful to me that he is playing in this level of competition and this is the final way. I am sad, though, that his final game is going to end in a loss. Mm. He will be done after this weekend, and it will be Sunderland moving on. Uh, for what it's worth, Wickham and Sunderland, they've obviously played twice because they're in the same division of English soccer. That's how that works. Sunderland took the first matchup back in August, 3-1 to one at the Stadium of Light at home, and then traveling to Wickham's grounds, they tied 3-3 in a roller coaster matchup there. So that was at a time, too, where Sunderland had just got rid of their uh, manager, Alex Neal, or Alex Neal replaced uh, the old manager, Lee Johnson. If you say so. All these, like, standard white bread English names are just always like, <laughs> what's his name? Alex Johnson, Sam Neal, Bill. Burling yeah, Bolland. Bill Hader. I don't know. They're all like, yeah, they're all there. <laughs> My guy, Bill Hader. Anyway, no. So Lee Johnson was the manager. He got fired. Alex Neal comes in, takes his place. And then it was, that was when that Wickham game was not long after. So. Yeah, I mean, I I am I am hopeful finally that Sunderland can just get over the hump. I just want to watch some championship soccer for once. Well, I think it's unfortunate for you that the game's next weekend, not this weekend. And but you I, came oh, up, came I in all dolled weekend. up in your Sunderland I said this stuff weekend. Today. Well, you know what? I'm ready to talk about it though. I don't know why. I, I, well, whatever. We're still talking about it. We'll preview it more next weekend. How about that? I'm ready to go. I actually just found that out too. I googled when the game was. <laughs> Hey, you do have FA Cup final this weekend, though, so you got that. That's what, yeah, good. all right, that's fine. There's Well, there's lots going on at Wembley. That's what I know. There's a lot of things happening mm-hmm. at Wembley every weekend, so that's good. All right, well, we will talk more about Sunderland next week. We will talk more about final uh, matchups for the Premier League as well coming up. And uh, Champions League preview and more. I guess we're still a few weeks away from that. We'll get into it all next week. Thanks for listening to Bone and Beam United. We will talk to you then.